This is Miller's Edge on Tide The Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is The Miller's Edge. Tuesday edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9 in 1230 a.m. as of recent. Remember, we are presented by our good friends over at the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. If you're in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain, hip pain, you name it, head on over to the Good Feet Store right here in Midtown Village or you can go to goodfeet.com. Go check out their premium art supports. They'll get you fitted. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. So go check them out. A guy like me, you know, playing sports all my life, I deal with all types of pain. Uh, but thanks to these folks at the Good Feet Store, I promise it has been life-changing. Uh, it provides that relief. And my knees aren't as achy. I don't wake up so sore uh, because they, they, they basically balance you out and they provide that proper uh, arch support, which leads uh, in exchange, basically gives you a bunch of freedom from that pain. It, they alleviate and eliminate all types of pain. You'd be surprised how important your feet are and your arches uh, for that pain relief. So, Make sure you go check those guys out again. That's the Good Feet store in Midtown Village here in Tuscaloosa or go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment today. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. So grateful for them and their support of this show. That being said, I'm Christian Miller alongside my dad, Corey Miller, Justin Jones behind the glass, and Noah occasionally hanging out. Uh, we got an exciting one today. It's Tennessee week, right? You know, there's no, no ifs, ands, or buts. There's nothing, no way around it. It's Tennessee week. Everybody knows what that means. It's an exciting week, third week in October. Uh, I'll be honest, th- this is one of the biggest rivalries in college football. You know, you, you don't necessarily realize that until you start learning the history behind it and you really get engaged with it. Uh, but it, th- this is a big rivalry, and uh, I had a lot of fun um, taking part in this rivalry during my five years here at the Capstone, and so I'm excited. This week is always exciting. It's always a tough matchup. Um, it's typically always a really good football game, and we all know the celebratory uh, activities that we take part in, you know, after a, a nice victory against the Volunteers, which leads me to my next point. I want to remind you guys about R and R cigars. If you're looking for a victory cigar, look no further than R and R cigars. Where they provide this year's custom uh, victory cigars. It's got the football on it. My dad probably could tell you a little bit more about it. You know, he's an expert when it comes to cigars. But when I tell you these things are sweet, uh, they're awesome. They're they're basically you know limited edition in terms of. It's got the, the date for this year, and, I mean, these things are sick. So check them out. Remember, you can always go to rnrcigars.com and order them there where you can save 20% by using code Miller's Edge. So make sure you do that. You'll also get free shipping, so don't miss out on that. Again, that's code Miller's Edge on R&R Cigars right now. Get you 20% off and free shipping for those Victory Cigars. I'll try to post a picture of them uh, over on there's our, a, our there's X or tweet, Twitter page. Tweet right now on Tide's Twitter that has a picture of a whole box of them. They look great. And you know what, Christian? Talking to Reagan the other day on one of our other shows, he actually said he went for a, you know, a lighter cigar. So it's it's every everyone can smoke it. You don't need to worry about getting too sick from it or anything like that. So definitely check it out. Well, there you go. So yeah, go check out the Tide page if you want to see that picture, and I'll, I'll try to share that on ours as well. But that's probably that's probably good. You know, some folks probably <laughs> probably can't handle too strong of a cigar, and they don't they don't want to be lightheaded or falling out of their their. Cell. I don't know. Can we smoke in Bryant Denny Stadium? The reason I asked that, and I asked my dad today, because I remember when we played on the road at Tennessee, we beat Tennessee, and obviously, you know, our fans are going to light it up in their stadium as they should. 
But I guess security, they were not going for that. And they were trying to toss people out. And again, this is after the game, but they were escorting people out and basically not allowing them to smoke their victory cigars. They probably were just salty. And I, I totally get it. But, I mean, obviously, we're allowed to smoke in Bryant-Denny Stadium, right? Especially given the tradition. I mean, am I right on that? Justin or my dad, either of y'all got an answer to that? Um, technically. I don't know about that. <laughs> technically, <laughs> um, no. But it gets to a point where there's too many cigars being lit up that they um, kind of give up on trying to stop it. So, you know, if you bring so, a cigar so they, into so Bryant-Denny, you might want to keep it in your pocket, keep it a little concealed. Till uh, till the appropriate time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, I got a story uh, about the Tennessee for sure because while you were playing, I had five years in a row. But I lit up. I lit up in Bryant Denny. I've uh, I've lit up in uh, Neyland Stadium. Last year, the first time I ever uh, wasn't supposed to light up, but win, lose, or draw, see mail still lights up. Because I got the victory. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, but you're right, man. I remember uh, years back, you guys won up, and that was a year you went up there, and I think you had a former recovery, and, and you had a really good game. And I brought Katie and Will, my uh, stepdaughter and her husband, to the game, and I lit my big fat stogie right there, and people was yelling and screaming at me. Uh, people came downstairs, tried to escort me out, and I wouldn't do it. And I'm like, there's like, 2,000 other people that had cigars. So I was like, I think I'm going to win this one, which I did. But they didn't want you smoking. Oh, it's illegal and this, that, and the third. And, but we lit them up anyway, which everybody should light up Saturday uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium because it's the reason to do that. It's so much fun. And I love the tradition. But, yeah, 20% off uh, on uh, that box of cigars. I saw my hand. I had them in my hand last week. Uh, they inscribed on there the date. Alabama versus Tennessee. They are LFG, and uh, this is more of a Connecticut wrapper cigar, which means Connecticut means light. Um, and so anybody can smoke a project this cigar. Now, if you're not a cigar smoker, uh, do not inhale. In all caps, do not inhale it, because I don't care what it is, you're going to be throwing up looking green. So just in and out, just in and out, and just take a few puffs and then put it down. But 20% off, and uh, I had somebody in Columbia. I met some folks, Alabama fans, Christian, uh, at my local shop, and uh, they came down to A-Day, and they said, man, I went to a cool place in Tuscaloosa. I don't know right away it was R&R Cigars. And they said, yeah, Reagan, yeah. And I told them about the, the special, and right there, I gave her the code. I gave her everything, and she got her box on the way to Columbia, South Carolina, via free shipping from r and just that easy. Well, there you go. And so, obviously, uh, again, make sure you check out R&R Cigars for those victory cigars. Um, always a good time. And even when I was playing, you know, we always were supplied those cigars in the locker room afterward. And there's so many great memories. I mean, I, I get those notifications, you know, from Facebook and, you know, all these other social media platforms. It's like, you know, five years ago today, seven years ago today. And, and this week or, you know, this weekend, I'm always getting those, you know, reminders or those flashback pictures of us lighting our cigars up. So always a cool tradition. You know, it's one of my favorites in college football. But we don't want to jump ahead, right? Obviously, you know, the, the, you, to get that victory cigar, you got to get the victory first. So we're going to be where our feet are, and we're going to discuss a little bit today and, and throughout the week kind of what needs to be done in order for Alabama to get that victory so we all can indulge in our victory cigars. Uh, so that's probably what we're going to dive into today. And we, we, we kind of put a bow on, you know, the Arkansas game yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. wasn't our best performance. You know, it's part of it. We, we kind of expected somewhat of a game of that fashion. You know, it's, it's you know, it was somewhat disappointing. But, look, I want to go back real quick, though, just, just to reiterate. Um, because, again, I mean, I don't want to ever want to sound like we're just, you know, not pleased or not satisfied. I get it. You know, it's, it's football. You know, things are not always just going to be perfect. But, Again, there still was some positive in this game. And um, I wish I would have read this stat out yesterday because uh, I think when, when Joseph called, when he was talking about Milrow's performance, which, again, we tried to tell him, you know, when he was very high on Milrow <laughs> after the A&M game, as he should be, we just told him, you know, you got to remember to be realistic uh, because, again, nobody's perfect. And, you know, he's still learning and developing. He had a phenomenal game against A&M, but he's still probably going to be due, you know, for some some human errors. And that's totally normal. So, I uh, say all that to say, 
you know, people were a little critical, um, you know, not, not, not everybody, but, you know, some people were a little critical of his performance against Arkansas. But I just want to remind folks, I mean, the first half, I'm trying to pull it up. I want to say he was 7 of 10 for 200-something yards and two touchdowns, right? So, I mean, really that first half was, you know, phenomenal on his part. Now, obviously, second half, you know, we couldn't get things going. It wasn't just on him. You know, he, he could have played better in the second half for sure, but there's definitely more factors. And then again, you look at the defense. For the most part, they did a really nice job, you know, stopping the run, shutting Arkansas down. I mean, they had no answer. I kept talking about that on the, the broadcast. There was no answer. Arkansas couldn't really come up with anything. They couldn't move the football. They just they were so limited in what they could do because of how stout the defensive front was and just how well we were playing, you know, besides a couple of those third downs, um, you know, not getting off the field. But really just, you know, a lackluster second half. And, you know, I went back and watched the game. And, and the more you watch it, the more apparent it is. It clearly was mental, right? We, it was just lackluster from a, a mentality standpoint. You know, guys just didn't look. Like they wanted, not necessarily they wanted to finish the game, but they, they didn't have the proper focus. They didn't have the proper attention to detail. So with that being said, I'm not panicking. I'm not saying, oh, no, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, it's part of the game. That's happened to us before. There was times when I was playing there and, hell, we, we went out to play the Citadel and, you know, a team that we probably should have beat, you know, 80 to nothing. <laughs> they ended up being the first team to score points on us in the month of, was it November or October, whatever month it was. We, do, we played two SEC opponents, and I don't think they scored a single touchdown on us or something, whatever the stat was. And the Citadel ended up being the first team to score either a touchdown or, or just any points in general that month, whatever the stat was. It was something crazy. So I say all that to say, uh, in football, sometimes if you, don't, if you don't have your mind in the right place, you don't, you're not paying attention. I mean, look, you look at Colorado. They were up 20, 29 nothing at half, ended up losing the football game. So it's really important to be locked in and focused, but – you know, just looking back at that Arkansas game, to me, it it definitely was, you know, definitely was some lack of execution in 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 you know some facts of the game. But I think majority of it fell on a lack of focus and a lack of attention to detail. But with that being said, moving forward to Tennessee, this this game is definitely very interesting. You know, when you look at it, it's not a typical Tennessee team that you would uh, you know prepare for or that you've gotten used to seeing. At least in terms of recent years, I say that because. You look at Josh Heupel and kind of their game plan last year. You know, it, it was an air raid heavy, you know, spread you out, throw the football. Yeah, they ran the ball last year too. But um, really their identity was those wide, wide receiver splits, right? They spread the whole defense out. They're scheming you to get those mismatches. They're scheming you to get those 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 matchups that they want, getting guys on different levels. And, and they're very effective throwing the football. Now you look at this year, same head coach. A different quarterback. He had Hendon Hooker last year, who was, you know, you know, one of the most talked about quarterbacks last season. He was in, even in the Heisman conversation for majority of the season until he got injured. But now they're led by a guy in Joe Milton, big, strong, physical quarterback. He's got a rocket of an arm, um, but their offense uh, has has ta- it has changed. Their identity is quite different this year. They're a run-heavy team. I want to say they rushed for over 200-something yards last week against a very good Texas A&M defensive front. Um, so they want to run the football first. That's kind of what they've done. I mean, Joe Milton can throw the football, um, definitely can throw it long, uh, but they just haven't really had that passing game like they had at least last year. Now they will go to it every now and then, but they want to run the football. They want to establish the run. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup, right? You know, on Alabama's part, I mean, they should have all the motivation they need given the way things went last year. Um, so I'm expecting for them to come out hot. You know, I just I hope they go back to kind of what Coach Saban talked about. Um, you know, not playing emotional. You can play with emotion, but not being emotional. Um, but I hope they have that that fire and intensity as they should, uh, given this is a rivalry game and the way things went last year. So I, I definitely expect them to come out hot this game. But when you look at these teams, it's it's kind of crazy how they're both very similar. Tennessee has a very solid defensive front. Um, they're very good up front. They do a really nice job. You know, stopping the run. They've got some. Um, some really good pass rushers. One guy, Pierce Jr., and I, I, I um, watched this guy, and, and he's he's going to be a problem. And I'm saying that in regards to knowing that Alabama's been struggling pass pro, specifically, excuse me, specifically on the left side uh, with Caden Proctor and Elijah Pritchett. Those guys rotating in there. Um, James Pierce Jr. When you look at this guy, I mean, he's uh, he, he's as good as they come in terms of an edge rusher. I mean, this guy has great size. Um, he's very athletic, has a phenomenal get off. I mean, he's one of those, he's, he's 65, 240, 
So he's kind of like uh, an athletic, long, lengthy build, but he's so athletic. And, and for a guy that's on the slender side, uh, he has a really nice speed of power rush, and he mixes things up. I mean, he can dip, he can bend, he can do all the things you want out of an edge rusher. So I'm going to be watching out for that matchup because uh, I'll be honest, this guy can pose a lot of problems. I think he's first in the FBS with uh, in his, his uh, pressure rate. Um, then I think he's third in his uh, win rate. Let me pull that up because I got the tweet right here. It is, uh, yeah, he's got a 26.8% pressure rate, which is first in the FBS, 28.6% pass rush win rate, which is third in the FBS. So we talk about it. You know, when these teams watch film, they're seeing kind of what we're doing and where we're struggling. I, I mean, a good defensive coordinator would probably line this guy up, their best pass rusher, James Pierce Jr., probably going to line him up uh, on the right, the defensive right, which is our, you know, on our left tackle, probably majority of the game and try to get those one-on-ones. Because I think, you know, coming off a performance where you gave up three and a half sacks to one guy in Arkansas, who's a good player, but probably not on the level as this guy, uh, that's something I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about. So that's going to be something I look out for. But um, we'll dive in a little bit more, you know, as the week goes on. But so far, you know, just from what I've seen from them, they're a run-heavy team. They've got a really good defensive front. You know, honestly, they're very similar to Alabama. The passing game is a little, you know, a little inconsistent. They got a quarterback with a really strong arm um, that that's athletic enough to make plays with his legs. But they they want to run the football. They they're really stout up front. So they they were they almost we almost mirror each other in, in uh, a number of ways, which is interesting. So I think this is going to be a very good matchup, and um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one for Alabama. But I think you definitely um, go into this game confident. Uh, knowing what we can do when we do execute, right? And I think that's going to be the focus this week is executing and playing the type of football that we need to win because we know we're capable of it. It's just a matter of doing it on a consistent basis. Yeah. Yeah, breakdown was excellent. I mean, excellent breakdown. Uh, that would be the marquee matchup that I'm going to look at as well. I was going to talk about that uh, in a little bit more detail because when you think about, you know, when you got a pass rusher, like they have. You're going to want to isolate him on the weakest link. You're going to identify, I mean, every time we played, we were going to identify which offensive lineman that we were going to attack. Whether it be putting our best pass rusher on the weakest link, whether it be running games to his side, which Alabama's had uh, an issue with that, you know, passing off blocks. You hear Coach Saban talking about that, so you can expect twists and stunts uh, all across the front because this offensive line has had problems uh, when guys are moving. Right. Um, Alabama's offensive line is built for physical, in your face, you know, guys just kind of rush like they do. I mean, Alabama edge guys, and let's just be honest and Christian, you know this better than anyone. They don't have the freedom like we see. And when you watch film of this guy from Tennessee, he'll go inside. He's going to, he's going to work moves. You know, he's going to, if you overset him because you, you're concerned, worried about his speed and you jump outside, well, he comes inside. Right, um, they have a freedom to go. Hey, we just call it two-way go, and you need that freedom as an edge rusher to really utilize your skill set. Alabama guys, you know Chris Braswell, Dallas Turner, they're more disciplined rushers, meaning they want to make sure they contain, they want to make sure they keep quarterback in the pocket. Nick Saban will be happy with just getting, uh, you know, speed to power, just pressure in the face of the quarterback without getting the sack. As long as you can affect him in that type of way, their guys, if you watch Alabama Edge guys, they don't have that freedom. Because if you go inside and that quarterback gets on the outside, well, you're going to be on the pine watching with him. So these are two different style of rushers, right? Even Will, Will Anderson was very impressive that the one you had so many sacks because we do, he don't have that freedom. He didn't have that freedom, the two-way go. Tennessee does. And when, when you got big linemen that can't move, that's not good in space, especially on the left side, the weakest link of the offensive line, that's going to be attacked. So what do you do? The answer is this. If you watched the game last night, Monday Night Football, Dallas, the terrible Dallas Cowboys, who nobody likes except for a bunch of crazy-minded fans, you saw Michael Parson struggled. And he got some pressure that time, but he struggled because – they kept tight ends on that side, and the guy made sure he bumped him. They slowed him down just enough to give the quarterback time to, to make passes down the field. Tommy Reese, this is on you. You know Proctor. If you line Proctor up down this guy with no help, you're telling me that you're trying to lose this game because 
Milrow has no chance. He's going to get hurt. He's going to, I mean, there's going to be a lot of look out. You know, those look out blocks. There's going to be a lot of those. So I'm looking at Tommy Reese. I'm looking at what kind of game plan will he have for Tennessee? Will he put a tight end over, even if it's Night Black or uh, Oose, whatever his name is? Put somebody over there. Put the water boy over there. Put Cedric over there. I don't care. Put somebody over there to slow the guy down just a little bit so you can buy time to run your offense. So when we come back after the break, I want to talk more about this, Christian, because to me, if the, the Alabama offensive line holds up against the front of Tennessee, this is how this game is going to get won. They have to win that battle. If they don't win that battle, then Alabama is going to be in trouble. That's just point blank fact. Because this offense cannot do anything if the quarterback isn't protected. So I want to get more in uh, detail on that. Take your phone calls, 205-342-9904. We'll hear from Nick Saban what he had to say about this matchup against Tennessee. We got that for you. And we'll break this thing down because, to me, this is going to be a great football game. As you said, they mirror each other based on how they play. This is the Middle's Edge, one of the 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports, 12.30 a.m. WTBC as well. Sponsored by a good friend of the Good Feast. So a quick timeout, your calls. Nick Saban will hear from as well on the other side of this timeout. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar. My fans, it's Christian Miller here. T-Mobile, the official wireless provider of your Crimson Tide, wants to keep you connected to your favorite teams and players. So stop by the Patriot Center T-Mobile store on Highway 69 South on Monday, October 23rd, between 5.30 and 7 o'clock p.m., where you can meet current football players and win great prizes, including game tickets, a branded Yeti cooler, signed merch, and more. You don't want to miss this. See you there and Roll Tide. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, the high today 68 degrees. Clear tonight, the low 46. Tomorrow, sunny with a high at 73. Thursday, clouds gradually increasing, a chance of showers Thursday night. The high Thursday at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts right here on Tide 100.9. Folks, I want to remind you that T-Mobile, the official wireless provider of the Crimson Tide, wants to keep you connected to your favorite teams and players. So make sure you stop by the Patriot Center T-Mobile Store on Highway 69 South Monday. This coming up, this coming Monday, October 23rd, between 5.30 and 7 o'clock p.m., where you'll be able to meet current football players, win some great prizes, including game tickets, some branded Getty Cooler stuff, signed merchandise, and much more. I promise you guys, you don't want to miss it. I'm probably going to be there hanging out. So make sure you're there again. That's T-Mobile on the Patriot Center uh, T-Mobile store over on Highway 69 South. It's going to be Monday, October 23rd, between 5.30 and 7. Don't miss out. You'll get to meet some of your favorite players, get some signed stuff, win game tickets, you name it. It's going to be an awesome event. So make sure you are there. Again, that's T-Mobile in the Patriot Center uh, so, uh, Patriot Center place over on Highway 69 South, Monday, October 23rd. All right, we said we're going to talk more about this big matchup coming up um, that we're looking at, you know, in terms of, the, you know, Tennessee's front, specifically James Pierce Jr., seeing you know, how that can be uh, a huge key to this game in terms of, you know, his effectiveness and um, him getting after the quarterback. But we want to jump to the phone lines real quick where I think we have Joseph on hold. We want to welcome in Joseph to the Miller's Edge. How are you this morning? Pretty good. Let me ask you something. Do you know uh, Julian Sands? Do I know Julian Sands? Is that who you said? Yes. Yes, the the incoming uh, recruit. Yes, I do. Correct. Yeah, from what I've heard, yeah, he's he's one. You know, the elite eleven. I heard he, you know, beat a really good football team earlier in the season. I heard he's playing really good right now. So I hear a lot. I hear a lot of good things about him. Yes. So he's the real deal, right? 
look, I'll be honest. When it comes to recruiting, man, I mean, yes, from 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 what he looks like and from what I've heard, they they call him the real deal. You never know how people are going to pan out when they get to college, but he's on the right track. Well, yes. Well, let me ask you this: if he if he if he supposedly wants to be at the end, he supposedly wants to be a bright show, and he's going to challenge Taylor Vera for that starting job, and I'm going to tell you because I do a talk of a whole group would challenge Taylor Vera. Did you know that as well as I do? Yeah, and that's, and, that's, and that's how it should be, Joseph. You know, I mean, the best guy is going to play. And uh, it doesn't matter, you know, you know who you are, what your name is, where you come from. I mean, if you beat somebody out, you beat somebody out. But, um, you know, again, I mean, we can, we can talk about all the guys coming in next year and what they're going to do. But, I mean, right now we've got everything in front of us. So, I mean, my thing is I'm yeah, just focused on the team we have right now, whether that's the quarterback, our defense, our, our core, our, our linemen. Um, because I mean, there's, I mean, we could try to look at, you know, who's the incoming left tackle because <laughs> he probably could compete for the starting job for sure. Um, but you just got to focus yeah. on what we got in front of us. I, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I mean, well, would you agree though? I mean, that he's good at every time. He, he wants to get the deep for that starting job or, or win it. I mean, he's good at every time. No, he definitely will. He definitely, <laughs> hold on real quick. Hold on real quick, real quick. He, he definitely will compete, no doubt, right? Just like any other recruit that comes in and, and signs letter of intent here. But this is what I'll tell you. You got to be cautious in terms of, you know, building guys up just off of, you know, what they've done in high school. And again, I'm not saying that hey, he could come in here day one and be ready to play and, and be the starting quarterback. That's definitely possible. But th- I'll leave you with this and I'll let my dad jump in. And then I'm not pointing anybody. I'm just giving you an example, right? I mean, I covered signing day. With Chris Stewart, we did the signing day show, right? We, we covered everybody. And, you know, Caden Proctor was, uh, I had to look, but I want to say he was the top tackle. I'm pulling it up on my computer now, but he was. He was the number one overall was, tackle that was committed to Iowa. Right. He was, the, I'm looking at it right now. He was the number one tackle in the nation, number five nationally as a recruit, right? And he's going to be a phenomenal player, uh, with, without a doubt. He He's a great football player, but right now in his career where he's at, as a true freshman, he's just not there yet, and that and that's fine. We're not picking on him. I'm just so I'm using that as an example. So just be, you know, just be aware that people can have these ratings. They can do some really good things in high school, but high school is a totally different world than college. And some guys, you know, get on campus and they get up to speed quicker than others. I mean, we've got three five star edge rushers that haven't even seen the field yet, right? So it all just depends on how. Guys are how quickly they're able to pick things up, how how quickly they can adapt and adjust to the next level, you know, to the speed of the game. So that's all I'll say. But but again, I I think we're jumping the gun, Joseph. We got to just focus on well, what we've got right now and what we're doing right now. <laughs> but this is the world of recruiting, and Joseph knows this. I mean, this is the world of recruiting because the hype, you know, all the websites, all the camps, all the Under Armour, all the, the All Star games, and listen, I think Julie's saying I watched some of his tape. He's got great mechanics. He's an extremely hard worker. I think he has the ability to be a phenomenal quarterback, but you still don't know. I mean, the system's got to work, how they're going to use him. By the way, you know, Melrose is not going anywhere. Now he's going to be back with a tremendous amount of experience. You got Ty Simpson that's going to be here, Tyler Buckner. And by the way, Dylan Lonegren is there too as well, who I really like a lot. So now you're talking about five quarterbacks. And you know there's going to be attrition. You know there's going to be guys that leave because they're just going to know, hey, I don't have a chance here, whether it's Ty Simpson, Buckner, whomever. Um, so we don't know. I think what you got to do is continue to get these guys and continue to work and see what happens. There'll be injuries and other things. But to answer your question, I can't. we can't call them the real deal. I won't call anybody the real deal until I see it's done, it's done on the field. And I think that's what fans need to understand. Yes, talent-wise, real deal. He got a, he's got a great upside. What's the system going to be like in which he's used? All of that goes into play of, of how well these kids going to be, be become. I mean, look at Arch Manning, all the hype he got in Texas, but he, you know, he sniffed the field. He won't sniff it probably for a couple of years uh, unless he just gets it and, and picks things up and rock and roll. But but I do think uh, Sang is a, a really good player that's got a great upside that could potentially be a very or the next great quarterback at Alabama, I'll give you that. But to say he's a real deal right now, and, and in high school that can't uh, that can't be the case. Thanks for the phone call, man. Two five three four two nine nine zero four. The number to the program. I want to keep moving because we got people lined up. Jared, you're up next here on the Middle's Edge. Go ahead. 
Hey guys, how you doing? What's going on, Jared? Hey, Christian, quick, uh, just a question for you. What is the latest on Malachi Moore? Uh, I'll be honest. I, I don't. I don't have injury reports, and, it, and I'll be honest. If I had one, I wouldn't be able to share that. That's that's for Coach Saban and uh, that athletic training staff to be able to do. Uh, that that's probably a violation of HIPAA if I if I were to be <laughs> if I were to do that stuff. Yeah. So I'll be honest. I can't give that. But it, <clears throat> from what I can tell you is, I mean, he practiced last week. I mean, he warmed up uh, pregame. I was down on the field and I saw him warming up during pregame. He looked to be moving around pretty well uh, for having that ankle injury. And so um, I think it just depends on how this week of, of practice goes for him, how he's feeling. Uh, but knowing the fact that he warmed up last week and was able to move around, um, that gives me some confidence that he'll be available this weekend. But, again, I, I, I don't know anything personally. Um, it's probably going to be more of a Coach Saban type answer. Plus, it probably still will be a game-time decision. They'll probably see. That's typically how it works. Like when I was hurt, I hurt my ankle right before we played Florida State. I mean, during the week, it was really tough. I didn't really think I would be able to play. You know, I, mean, I was confident. I was I was hopeful, but I just knew. I mean, I had a lot of you know, progress to be made, um, but it ultimately ended up being a game-time decision. And by game time, I did feel well enough, and Coach Saban told me to let him know how I felt. I let him know I felt good. He let me roll. So I probably imagine it'd be something similar. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, I know you couldn't give me any any confidential type information. I just – I haven't had a chance to listen a lot here this week, and I didn't know if I'd missed something. And that you, you yeah, just no, told me what I was looking for. Yeah, you I, told me what I, I mean, was if he for. warmed up last week, and and if, if he's practicing this week, you know, as Christian said, I think there's a probably great chance uh, you're going to see him in this ball game because I think he plays a key role in this ball game defensively mm-hmm. because his his ability to. The way they like to run the ball, they want to attack the perimeter too as well. He's a great open field tackle. He's one of the smartest players on this football team. And, you know, he gets guys lined up and he communicates well. I think, you know, they're going to definitely uh, try to get him back. And I, and I can tell you in those rehab situations, if he can go, he's 80%. He's probably full go. Um, and uh, they're going to need him. I think he's going to be huge in this ball game. I expect, I don't know anything, but I expect him to play unless he has you know, any some type of setback uh, in practice this week. Yeah, Oh, no, I'm just going to say in terms of uh, talking about Malachi and how vital he is to this defense, I mean, his presence alone just as a communicator, you know, as a leader, um, it's, it's really, I mean, it's invaluable back there in that secondary because he's, he's basically the head of that unit. He's been here for quite some time. He, he's the communicator on the back end, getting guys lined up like my dad said. Uh, so just his presence out there would be huge, especially talking about playing a Tennessee team that Josh Heupel, you know, he's really good at scheming things. He's like, he likes to get guys spread out and get on those mismatches. And so it really is going to be imperative that Malachi is out there if he is able to, not just from a physical standpoint, but just from a leadership um, and a communication standpoint. I mean, he I, I, he's so instrumental to that defense. So I really hope he is able to go. Yeah, he, he, he's a dog. He's a, he's a dog, and I, and and this defense is gonna have to gonna have to continue to to uh, carry us, in my opinion, through this home stretch. So, anyways, I was just curious about that. Hey, one quick one more quick question, Corey. What year were you in the league? Uh, Ninety one, and I retired two thousand and one. Oh, okay, you're a youngster. Because Christian, I was gonna tell you, man, I, um, it, it's not easy being raised in the house of an NFL football player. I went through that too. That's, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big ego to grow up around, man. Believe <laughs> me, Jared, I did not have an ego, man. I'm, I'm humble as pie. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, he is for the most part. Now he is for the most part. Now the funniest thing was just kids always. I think I said this uh, recently, but again is. The kids always just were like, oh, man, your dad played in the NFL, and they thought it was the coolest thing. But then they always would follow it up by, like, so do you get tackled instead of spankings? I was like, no. What do you think? Uh, Why would my dad line me up to do Oklahoma drills as punishment, man? I'm like, uh, <laughs> if that's the case, I'll give you, protective services. <laughs> yeah, I'll I give, give you one more one more kid story being raised by an NFL player. My dad played for the Colts back in the 60s and 70s. And when I was a kid in elementary school and people talked about their dad, at the lunch table, I'd just pull out a football card and slap it on the table and say, you got one of these in your dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's funny you say that. I never, I never slapped it on the table, but I'll be honest, uh, my mom used to always have our, uh, you know, our, my dad's football cards for us, like, stored away, and we'd always go pull them out 
And, uh, yeah. and man, we, we always thought that was the coolest thing. Now, I never, I, I should have thought of that. I never thought of that slapping him out. But I remember there was a, uh, uh, it was like, I guess like a show and tell type day or whatever. And I brought one of my dad's jerseys and maybe a helmet, uh, if not both. Yeah. But yeah, then, then yeah. everybody thought that was the craziest thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that was. You gotta worry about that making it back to the house, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would end all. That would that would end all the the childhood debates about whose dad was the toughest when you pulled out the football card and put it down. So, hey, you got one of these? How about, how about this? <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. All right, That's guys. Awesome. Hey, hey, I, I, I appreciate it. I just like I said, I haven't been listening much this week, and I was curious what the conversation was like around Malachi because I, 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 man, I love that kid. I think he's a great player, and I think he's dog and helps. Keep that whole thing under control and, and keeps a level of intensity too. So, anyways, I appreciate it, guys. You no guys doubt. do a great job every day. I, I, so I tell, much, I tell a lot. Of, I'm I, I'm over here. In, I'm over here in Dallas area, and I, there's a lot of Bama boys. I got I got a lot of Bama crew right here, and I tell them all the time, man. If you need to, if you want to get some legit, real information and opinion, tune into these guys on the app at eleven o'clock. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. Christian and Corey, they give you the real scoop. It's not it, it's not watered down. It's it's, it's the real deal. <laughs> I'm trying right. to promote you over here, man. God bless you, man, so Appreciate much. Thank that, you, man. brother. Thank you, Jared. Hope you call in some more, brother. Yes, sir. You're in Dallas. That's cool. Damn, what a big win for the Cowboys. They bounced back. No Stephen A. Smith uh, tweet laughing at the Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott played a phenomenal game. Just one really... Bad throw. One say it was bad. Just missed uh, the back out of the backfield in the corner of the end zone. But other than that, he he had a great ball game. I like that Prescott, and, and uh, I'm not a Cowboys fan. He recently though, man. Yeah, but he bounced back and played well uh, <laughs> last did. night. I mean, it's just tough being a Cowboy quarterback. Like it's tough being an Alabama quarterback, right? It's just tough. I mean, it's just what it is. It comes with a lot of scrutiny and a lot of issues. But I want to have a break. Come back, Christian. I want to uh, hear from Coach Saban some things he said about this Tennessee team. Uh, listen, nine and a half, I think the line is. We'd never get into all that kind of stuff because we're not, uh, that's not us. But Alabama is favorite close to 10 points. And I think it's going to be one of these games that they, they show up. It's a, it's, it's a game that I think the whole storming the field video is going to be on display. I think it's going to be around the building this week. I think some of the comments that Tennessee made is going to find its way in the building at Alabama because that was tough to watch, man. I mean, Alabama should have won that game. I mean, uh, you know, a drop pass. You had a missed field goal. I mean, and even they played so bad but still had an opportunity to win that game last year. Jameer Gibbs dropped that pass. Remember that? That was that was huge. And then we, we botched the field goal there to, to win it, and we let him go down. I mean, is that bad sour taste in the mouth of the tide? I would say yes. I think they're going to be ready to go. I, I'm going to go and say, and I've been pretty close on my prediction with the tide, I'm going to say that this is a game that they put their foot on the gas, that they take it personal that this game is going to mean something. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a lackadaisical performance. We'll talk about that here from Coach Saban. Boy, your phone calls. It's the tie. 100.9 with the Middle's Edge. 12.30 a.m. WTBC as well. Sponsored by a good friend of the Good Feet Store. It's tied. It's the volunteer. This Tennessee hate week is coming back on the other side. Our For championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on Tennessee. Our coverage begins at 11.30 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Are you tired of... 
Miller, and I want to tell you about my good friends over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. Spine and Sport Chiropractic provides quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injuries, sports-related trauma, and more right here in the heart of West Alabama. Come and discover how this form of medicine can improve your overall health by addressing the original cause of your ailments instead of masking your pain. If you're in need of this type of relief, contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, that's 205-345-8102. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Edition right here. It's Tuesday edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9. Sorry, I jumped the gun a little bit on you. But I want to remind you real quick before we jump back into things. I just was eager because I know we only have a short period of time, so I get eager to kind of get back out of these breaks because I want to make sure we have enough time for everything. This hour is so short. But just remember, you can always check us out on YouTube over on our YouTube channel at the Miller's Edge where we go live on there every Thursday. We do our post-game show. Uh, so if you want more, we call the Miller's Edge Extra because everybody keeps asking for more. They want extra. And uh, speaking of extra, if you want some extra love and support on your body like I have to get, I'm always beat up, banged up, head on over to Spine and Sport Chiropractic where they provide quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injury, sports-related trauma, and more right here in the heart of West Alabama. Head on over there. Let them get you cracked up. You'll be feeling brand new. Uh, go contact Dr. Brian McDonald. Let him address all these ailments, I promise, he will get you feeling brand new and better than ever. So contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, that's Spine and Sport Chiropractic. I promise you, got these guys are the best in the business. They take care of the football team. They've been taking care of me for years. Always waking up with a stiff neck. They always take care of business. So check those guys out at Spine and Sport Chiropractic right here in West Alabama. Before we got the break, you were talking about something, right? Or am I, am I drawing a blank? Did we, Me? Did we have something you wanted? Yeah. Oh, it's Coach. Yeah, Davis I was going to go come on us, but a couple of things on there because uh, he, that he said. I mean, just one his opening comments was uh, talking about how you know good of a football team Tennessee is. But I, you know, we talked about the defensive line of Tennessee and how good they are and the challenge that Alabama's offense is going to have, or especially offensive line to to protect Taylor Milrow. Uh, we talked about the ability, I think, for, for Alabama to run the football, not getting in those obvious passing situations. Because that's another thing that happens when you get in those obvious passing situations and those D-linemen just pin their ears back. It's going to be hard on a young guy like uh, Caden Proctor. Uh, again, I talked about, uh, you know, Tom Reese, we keep saying this every day, every week, you know, how is he going to call this game? Uh, haven't been overly impressed. I was impressed with the A&M game. Uh, I thought uh, maybe a little bit of a setback last week, especially in the second half, um, allowing a defensive end that's normally just an okay guy. I mean, we made him look like he was Superman. We made this kid number 40 from Arkansas. I've never heard of him. I mean, we made this dude look like, I mean, this is I'm not, like I'm, not Derek Thomas. I'm not trying to be funny, but did you have you seen the viral clip of him at a, like a Rivals football camp? I sent it to you on X, Twitter. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And I'm not trying to make fun of the guy, but it honestly was one of the most. Yeah, but it was one of the most kind of uncoordinated, unorthodox bag drills I've ever seen. And I'm not making fun right. of the guy because he ate us up for three and a half sacks. He's six, seven, two, eight. This, he's a big kid, but I'm saying if you go watch this and you just see kind of his coordination and him moving through the bags, you're, you're really going to scratch your head on how this guy had three and a half sacks. That's all I'm saying, but go ahead. Now, I know I had three and a half sacks because horrible fundamentals. You keep opening up the gate. I keep saying, I wish we had video radio so I can really show folks what's happening. Why this guy's getting beat so bad. And, I, and again, Eric Wolford, I've known for years, uh, known as a very good teaching offensive line coach. Used to be really tough. I mean, I've seen him in practice. I've seen him. I'm, I don't see the fire that he used to have either. It seemed very calm. He, man, he used to be cussing at South Carolina in the face of line when they got beat like that. I don't see that anymore. But, you know, listen, they just got to figure out something because the kid is not ready. And if he's the best player at the tackle position right now, right, then you got to help him as a play caller. You got to call plays that the ball is out of the hands of the quarterback extremely quick. We talked about the, the low percentage of screens that Alabama has run. I mean, Tommy has to be more innovative. I know I'm beating this dead horse. But it's fact, it's truth, guys. If you want to see an offense move, get the ball out of the quarterback hands. Why are we asking him these drop back passes out of the gun 
for a guy that you know that's lookout blocks all day and every day. I mean, quarterback don't have a chance. So I'm putting that on Tommy Rich because if you don't, if you don't do this, you are just basically saying we can't have an offense today because now you got a guy like Tennessee has. It's going to be a long day if they don't put a tight end over there. If they don't do sprint rollouts away from that pressure. If they don't run tunnel or bubble screens. If that ball is not out of the hand of the quarterback quickly. But on the flip side, real quick, Christian, I want to talk about the Tennessee offense because this is not the offense that they ran last year. Last year spread you out all over the field. I mean, the Hendon Hooker was going to throw it all over. The, they were getting the ball in those frisbee catching dogs. Those Frenchmen catching dogs, those wide receivers of Tennessee was eating us alive. Jalen Hyatt from Columbia, South Carolina, Dutch Fort High School, five touchdowns. We got him drafted third round. Alabama got him drafted. Yeah, he's a straight up line speed guy, but that five game, uh, five touchdown game against Alabama got him drafted. So here you got, you know, Milton, right? Not the same guy, strong arm. Can run, but doesn't look to run really a whole lot. But the, the, the key in the test is going to be, can Alabama stop the run? Make him beat him. Make, beat them. Make him throw the football. Get them in obvious passing situations. This is not a great football team. This is a balanced, balanced football team. But, uh, Justin, I want to hear what Nick Saban had to say about, about this quarterback, Milton, and, and what he thinks about his potential. I don't see, you know, Joe, a whole lot different than, you know, what we played against in the past. Um, when Hooker was there, um, guy can throw the ball. He's accurate. He's got a strong arm. I can make plays down the field, which, you know, they take a lot of vertical shots and he certainly, uh, has the capability of making those plays, but he's also athletic enough to extend plays in the pocket and, uh, run, uh, if necessary. So, um, don't tell them anything different than any other time you're playing a quarterback. You can't get pushed by the quarterback. You got to keep the guy in front of you. You got to have discipline pass rush lanes and got to try to make the guy throw the ball on time, you know, from the pocket. And hopefully we can cover him well enough to make it work in the back end. Sounds to me just what I said, right? Discipline pass rush. They don't have the freedom of two way goals, which I wish they would. Uh, because I think Braswell and, and Dallas Serta could have be double-digit double sack guys all day long. Uh, but they believe, and Chris, you can definitely talk much more about this, how when he says about being disciplined as a pass rush, explain that to folks and what that means, because it may not always mean getting sacks, right? Yeah, no, the, the, the goal isn't really always sacks, and obviously that's the, the best case scenario, but at Alabama, we're very disciplined in terms of, which I know you hear the word discipline, you're like, oh, I'm sick of hearing that. We haven't been disciplined, but in terms of just how we play, and what that means is, so when we're rushing, we're not looking to just use your 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 fastball edge move and hit the edge, you know, and risk getting pushed by the quarterback. I mean, you can as long as you, you properly counter at the level and don't get past the quarterback, but they almost basically, we really emphasize just being disciplined in terms of if you have contained, Get contained. Don't try to get fancy. Don't take an inside move when you don't have the luxury of doing that or somebody covering you up a la the interior D lineman or linebacker. You know, if you have contained, you stick your butt in contain. Like that that's it, right? So that's what he's saying. And then you look at other teams, you know, they, they give their their guys sometimes a little more free will to do things like that. They'll risk, you know, giving up the edge because they're like, Hey, you know, we might get beat on contain a couple times, but we're also going to come up with a few extra sacks because this guy is so athletic. I mean, again, talk about James Pierce. Go watch the tape. 6'5", 240. I mean, this guy is a long, lanky, fast guy. I mean, and he has a plethora of moves. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's so quick off the ball. He can beat you on the edge using a you know, natural dip, bend, right? He's got a mean, long arm where he goes uh, speed to power, which is it, it's rare to see guys that are this athletic, but also this powerful. I mean, he... Uh, you know, quick inside moves. I mean, he mixes it up, man. I'm telling you, he's going to mix it up and serve you on a platter if you're not careful. So that that's kind of the difference. You know, we're a little more disciplined and you got to, got to, you know, play within our defense, which is totally fine because it works. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against that. You know, yeah, you don't, might not necessarily have as many stats on paper, but you have a lot more wins and a lot more championships. So I, I'll, 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 you know, substitute those anytime uh, I can, but you know, looking at this Tennessee team again real quick, it's so crazy. We talked about these teams almost mirroring each other in terms of just how they're built and how they play. Um, 
Like, here's some stats. You know, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy to a, to a, an extent, right? Alabama ranked 15th in total defense nationally. Tennessee, 17th in total defense nationally. Again, two really good front sevens, uh, respectively, for both of these teams. Rushing defense, Alabama, number 18th nationally. Tennessee, number 20th nationally, right? I mean, so similar, man. These, we, we really stack up, you know, comparably. Like my dad said, it's not what you'd expect. You know, we got used to seeing them slice and dice us through the air last year, but it's like they're the opposite. Tennessee is the number six Russian offense in the country, according to the NCAA's website. I think they're only, when you look at the SEC's website, I think they come in at six, or excuse me, they've got, oh, number two in the SEC in rushing behind LSU. Uh, but then you look at passing, the passing offense, they're 13th in the SEC. So complete 180 from last year. Uh, but again, I mean, it's going to be critical we stop the run in this game because that's what they want to do. Again, over 200 yards on the ground against a really good front in Texas A&M last week. So I'm going to be watching out uh, for that matchup because, again, I mean, stopping the run is going to be critical. That's one of my keys. And then on the flip side, we've got to protect up front because they, they've got a nasty front seven led by James Pierce Jr. who's going to be a, a definitely player to watch in this ball game. So. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep diving into this and breaking it down throughout the week, but I, I think it's gonna be a really good matchup. It's one we didn't necessarily pay too much attention to, you know, early on in the season. We kind of just I didn't say we were writing Tennessee off, but we kind of were focused on other other things, other teams. But now, you know, getting to really watch these guys and the, the progress that they've made, you know, throughout this season, you know, they're, they're coming together as a football team, different football team than last year, right? But a very solid football team. But I want to real quick before I pass it back to you, I want to remind you guys about Buffalo's Cafe, our partners over there in Midtown Village. If you're looking for a great restaurant experience, head on over to Buffalo's Cafe where you'll find the best deals in town. Again, all-you-can-eat wings every Wednesday. It's called Bash Night, $17.99. And all-you-can-eat fries as well. Their weekday lunch specials. I think it even comes with a drink for only $9.99. They've got tacos, burgers, wings, you name it. So go check those guys out at Buffalo's Cafe in Midtown. Plus, every Friday of home game weekends, we do our show there live from 11 to 1 at Buffalo's Cafe Midtown Village. So check us out there. But again, Buffalo's Cafe, proud partners of the Miller's Edge. Check them out. Again, Midtown Village as Buffalo's Cafe. And while you're in Midtown Village, go check out Alumni Hall for all your latest and greatest Crimson Tide apparel. Fall weather is approaching us. A little sunny outside today, but there's still a little bit of breeze. Go get your hoodies, your jackets, anything you can think of Alabama-related. They've got it right there at Alumni Hall. If you like me, you like wearing hats, you like Yeti products for tailgating, Go check them out. They've got all that for you right there at Alumni Hall, right there in Midtown Village. But you can always go to alumnihall.com and uh, shop there as well because that's where the ultimate Crimson Tide fans shop, Alumni Hall. Well, I'll be there tomorrow to pick up some. Maybe today. I'm back, by the way, your boy is back in the state of Alabama. Yes, right. I'm back in the state. I'm a bashing wings tomorrow. I'm going to hit up Alumni Hall. I might go see my man Douglas over there at the Good Feet store. I'm back for a big win. Tennessee hate week. Let's go. I'm at R&R on Friday, so make sure you come and see me. Chris is going to be in one spot. I'm going to bet the other. Come on, baby. Let's rock and roll. Thanks for a great show. Thanks for the call. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Noah. Christian, I'm the pastor Payne. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge on the Tide, 100.9. 1230 a.m. WTBC as well. We'll see you tomorrow for rushing around the SEC. Until then, God bless you, and we'll see you on tomorrow. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily, always live.